Americas live and underway here on ESPN Plus. And then there were two. Two games left and two teams left with a shot at football's ultimate prize. Ooh. Welcome into our Doha Qatar studios alongside Hercules Gomez. I'm Sebi Salazar. Herc, how are you doing? And uh, what are you wearing under that jacket? Did you keep breaking out? It's almost like you're cold. <laughs> it is getting a little nippy here. Yeah. Uh, just a little something. No mas, no mas violencia. There you go. Uh, good. How you doing, man? Good. Uh, good, good. We got lots uh, coming on this year edition of the show. We will have some down the road U.S. men's national team transfer talk. Oh. Uh, we got some links with Weston McKinney. Oh. Christian Pulisic. Again. And one very interesting one with a guy who wasn't actually here at the World Cup. Brandon Vasquez, an MLS to Liga Mekis potential move. So we'll discuss uh, uh, that. Interesting you said U.S. men's national team and not El Tri there. Could be both. Could okay. be both. We'll discuss that. See how your mind works. Yes, uh, and how the potential move might affect that. We're also efforting a live shot with Shaka Hislop, Ooh. who is at Albaid Stadium, where the game just wrapped up between France and Morocco. And we will check the mentions, as we often do, on what some are saying was a busy night on Twitter for some involved here with the show. But let's start with the semifinal that did just finish. France. Spider-Man meme. <laughs> No, uh, I've been good. France, been good. Uh, two nothing winners. Instagram, something else. Over Morocco, and France are through to the World Cup final with a chance to defend their title. Herc, what do you think of the game? Entertaining game. Yeah, good yeah, one, right? Absolutely. And not, not what we expected. Like the way it yes played and out. No. Yeah, okay. Yes and no. Yes and no. It was what I expected in the terms of if Morocco conceded a goal, mm -hmm. how they would need to push forward. Um, and maybe that would open up spaces for France. So in that case, yes, it made it entertaining. But it wasn't what I thought. Morocco dominated possession after that. And pretty much France did exactly what they did versus England. And when they scored the go-ahead goal, which in that case was Chouameni, they just sat back and defended. And it was absorbing pressure, absorbing pressure, absorbing pressure until the second goal, the Giroud goal off the Griezmann cross. Uh, but this time it's you absorb pressure. And this team, the Moroccan team, had way more chances right. than the English team. Why was that? French team. Oh, you're, saying, you're comparing it to the England game. Yeah. Cor correct. Correct. But this Moroccan team had way more chances, and it was how they were dangerous. They, they showed us they could be dangerous on a counter, an open space, all, se or all season, all tournament long. That's who they were. They were just a disciplined team, so strong in the back, but they broke out with a few numbers and a few very special players, especially out wide. All of a sudden, we're seeing this team. And they're pushing Hakimi inside. It's Ziyech going outside. You see more numbers being pushed forward, and they're playing some proper football. You're like, wait a second. What is, what's going on here? And they're creating havoc. They're creating like they chances. they played proper football so I should say proper tournament? football. That's what most would say is proper football. Right. Uh, I think you're saying more aggressive, more I, attacking. I, correct. Yeah. I think they understand the strength of this group is how they defend yeah. in numbers. That gives them the opportunity to attack in numbers. There's nothing wrong with being self-aware. Self-aware of who you are, which are your strengths, yep. and your limitations. If you think you are better in open space by inviting teams in in a sort of rope-a-dope and defending, because it's one thing to defend, okay? Yeah. Don't get it confused. Sitting 10 players behind the ball and, and just trying that, to... And that's pretty much been the formula, well, right? Against well, Spain and Portugal? No, no. It's not been the formula, and, and it, let me explain. Okay. They defend in a very tight block. So if you're going to beat them, it has to come 
from elsewhere. You're not going to beat them through, this, through the heart of their defense. Okay. You're not going to beat them through the center. You're not going to combine through there. Even when Spain had their opportunities, it's coming from wide positions. So when the goal falls five minutes in, there's a script that's supposed to play out, right? Morocco is supposed to come forward, and the game's supposed to open up, and right. France is supposed to get more chances. They did. They had a lot of shots. Maybe they not did the have some of chances. decent chances, especially with Giroud in that first half that he couldn't yes. finish off. He had a few, yes. But Morocco, to me, after that first goal, looks the more dangerous in the first half. Why was that? Why wasn't France able to create more? Or once they have the lead, be a little bit more solid at the back? Because if I'm moving forward and thinking about France, that's a worry, isn't it? Yeah, if you're, if you're asking me who's the more defensive of the two teams between Morocco and France, it's probably France. Today, no, today. in general. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. Yeah, but listen to what I'm going to say right here. Okay. The difference is Morocco's a better defending team. Got it. Got that it. Sense? The, the setup for France is more defensive. Of course. They literally sit back right. and, and try to counter And maybe that's to cover the weakness with you're Dembele alluding to. Or with what is uh, uh, Kylian Mbappe. Whereas Morocco, there's a little bit more nuance to the way they defend, the way they move as a group. Uh, listen, it is bonkers to me that they have – Didier Deschamps has gotten – Antoine Griezmann to buy in and oh, play yeah. in this position. Oh, yeah. And the way he's playing. Yeah. I understand it's a different position, so you're going to be closer to your defensive responsibilities than you would be if you were an attacking, uh, in an attacking role, which he normally plays. But in the most defensive of setups with a Cholo Simeone, never in his life has Antoine Griezmann been playing this way defensively. We see him clearing balls out of the back, like last man type defending. Yep, yep. Uh, they defended in a way where they're just trying to absorb and counter. It wasn't as nuanced as what Morocco was doing all tournament, but it's effective. And you can see how effective it is. I mean, Amberat had, had one sliding tackle that was a game-saving tackle on Kylian Mbappe. Kylian Mbappe literally just played the ball down the line. I mean, that's meet, not meet. like world-class soccer speed. That's like world-class sprinter that speed. Is, he makes everybody look slow. It is the most crazy thing I've ever seen in my life on a football pitch watching Kylian Mbappe play. Really? I've never seen a player that fast hmm. in real life. Like in my generation, like right now, I've seen videos of Ronaldo. I've seen Ronaldo play a little bit. I've seen videos where he's with the ball, makes yeah. guys look yeah. silly. But the confidence to just push it long and know that nobody in the world is going to catch you is insane. There's sometimes when I think he takes a bad touch because it's a bad touch for anybody else. It's but a 20-yard touch. Right, but for him, it's like, no, he's going to get there yeah. um, ahead of the defender. Real quick to kind of finish up the, the thought on Griezmann. I had saved it for later, but there's some good stats here. Mr. Chip, who, of course, does a lot of our stats, especially for ESPN Deportes. 73 straight games for France for Griezmann. Five years without missing a game. He's now France's wow. all-time assist leader. Are we talking about a guy who is or should be considered for team of the tournament? Yes, and not yeah. only team of the tournament. He's one of the bench best French players to ever play. Okay, but I'm sp no, but this listen, tournament because I think it yes, if you'd have told yes, people before he's playing, the tournament, he's played as an eight. So yes, yeah. absolutely, yeah, absolutely. But let me go one step further. Okay, one of the bench best French players to ever play. An Ooh. argument for the best French French ah. player to ever play. Well, hold on, listen, Zidane, no. Henri, come on. Okay, okay, right. Henri had just had Giroud pass him in goals. Okay. See, um. Listen to what I'm going to say. Zidane, beautiful play. Griezmann is the all-time goal scorer for France in Euros. Okay? He's going to win, if they win, his second World Cup. Okay? Something that Zinedine Zidane didn't do. Mm -hmm. This is one of the best players in a French jersey that we've ever seen. The, the only reason people are going to scoff at it is because you've got the likes of Platini. You've got the likes of Thierry Henry. You've got the likes of Zinedine Zidane. Yeah. 
Those are big names. But look at his resume. I mean, is he the best player on this team? Look at his team? resume. Oh, no. Okay. That's, that's the, but, but, okay. But, but hold on. But it's, you don't judge a player who he is all time, but who he is in that moment in that team, a snapshot. I understand what you're saying. I think to me, do you think he was the best player in 2018? No, that is still. Because if oh, we're going to you say you're what? the best ever, you should have been the best on the no, team. No, no, he's got. He, I mean, per per accolades. I mean, he's got an argument. You're just going to hang no, on. Not, statistics. There's, a, there's a statistic that's not a statistic, and that is how many trophies and banners you hang up, Sev. Okay. Um, can we talk about the Morocco formation? Uh, because it was discussed quite a bit before the game, right? They, they lined up most of the tournament, we'd say, with four at the back, maybe a 4-3-3. They seemed to start this game with five at the back. At some point, uh, it changed. Was that the right call, or was it a mistake? <laughs> in hindsight, they... Because the goal comes in five minutes. Is and that it comes a, is that a, a sloppy play. Right, that's not a product of your formation. That's not a tactical formation. But I think they looked better when they abandoned that. They did. But it comes five minutes in off a very chaotic play, which G right. which Griezmann was involved in, yes. how he recuperates yep. the ball, he gets in there, which Kylian Mbappe, Kylian Mbappe, excuse me, twice, once he gets blocked, the second time he gets blocked, and it falls to Teo Hernandez. Teo Hernandez on a scissor kick where Bono comes out, uh, scores a, a very nice goal. It, it's one of those plays that just circumstantial and how it happens. I don't think you can fault a tactical breakdown per se there. So maybe. Um, thinking of this France team, Rabiot, Upamecano are yeah. reportedly sick. We, we've talked about all the guys Benzema. that aren't here. Yeah. I mean, the depth of this French player pool uh, is really m remarkable. But if I combine this game, and there's a, some very clear chances for Morocco. Uh, Loris makes a great save yeah. 10 minutes in. Uh, there's a bicycle kick that goes off the post. Again, Loris right there as well. Kunte at the end, you know, taking that out, clearing there's, it there's off the line. Are France lucky? No. Okay. So what are they? Are they just like... They're very Real Madrid-like. Okay. <laughs> and, and Real Madrid weren't lucky? There's, no! Okay. There is no it's luck. It's just like winning DNA? Football. It's a winner's okay. mentality. Winning DNA. It's ADN Real Madrid. Yeah. That's really what it is? There's a mentality that comes to winning, a way that goes about it. And sometimes, and people could say, look at how Liverpool lost to Real Madrid in the final. Mm -hmm. Look at how they lost, look how Mount City lost to Real right, Madrid. Right. Look at how PSG lost to Real Madrid. Look at how Chelsea lost to Real Madrid. Seb, what do all these teams have in common? They lost. They, they lost to Real Madrid. Yeah, so it's not, I think maybe the point is that, you know, not only do France have that DNA, but other teams don't, right? right? Like, England didn't. Because Harry Kane missing, that's as much on him as it is on France, right? Correct. Like, you might say France were lucky there. Maybe. But also England didn't but, have the but, thing that France has, I but guess. But Fran France being outplayed still had the capacity to come down the left-hand side, whip a ball in, and, and it's Giroud puts in the back of the net that these things happen. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, there, there's moments where winning teams, teams that have been there, they've done that, that are well-trained, well-coached, can take advantage of, and they're very good in those moments at managing the moments. That is a huge difference. I've said it before. I think France has changed the way that teams can yeah, play. Yeah. I said in 2018, the way they played changed the And even the there's game. some of France and Morocco's setup, right? Of course. Like the way they they get up and from such a compact base. I mean, not any team can just do that. Yeah. It, it's a huge amount of exertion physically and concentration and discipline. Uh, what's your game-changing moment here? Because for me, um, there's obviously the two goals, but there's some other great moments in this match, too, that seem very impactful. What are you going with? 
Uh, you have to go with the goal because it changes the complexion of the Which game. Which goal? The first goal. Okay. Yes, because okay. it changes the complexion of the game. But it but it didn't change it, it in did. the way we thought that it would. Right, but it still changed it because we never thought we'd see this Morocco. Like, I, I thought I thought five minutes in they score, it'll be 2 3 nothing by the half. Yeah. And that's not what happened. No, no. But the game changed, right? You thought you would see. When we, we saw this matchup, a lot of us were like, all right, how's this going to play out? Where, who's going to have the ball? Who wants the ball? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Uh, what's this going to look like? Is it going to be a KG 0-0 affair that goes into extra time? Mm -hmm. Maybe that's in the back of everybody's mind because you, you've seen how defensively good Morocco is. Before this, they only gave up one goal, right? Own mm -hmm. goal, Canada, to a French team that I don't want to say has underwhelmed, but very much so. But has gone under the radar when it comes to... The Underwhelmed in the same way they did at the last World Cup, right? Fine. Take the World Cup. Right, trophy, exactly. Right? But so that's what it is. So so I think it played out in a different way. So my game-changing moment is the goal for Theo Hernandez. It's a very nice goal. It could be circumstantial. It's yeah. a beautiful little scissor kick. But it's Tight angle, right? Tight like, angle. Tough but finish. It, but it's what happens after. It wasn't the game that I thought it would be. It was a very entertaining game. Um, there's a couple key chances. So for me, if I were to pick or, or to play devil's advocate here, I would go with... Range. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I would go with the missed chances because I think until France gets the second in, what, 78th minute, they could have looked back with a lot of regret on this game, especially Olivier Giroud. Like, yeah. I think he had some... He some had two in the first half. Clear chances. One that, off the post. Not just by his standards, but kind of what we've seen in this tournament. You think, like... All right, he's going to finish those. But at the same time, Morocco had really good chances. Yeah. The, the El Yamik bicycle kick is a great Woo. one. Um, and you again, can't fault him for that. That's a ridiculous bicycle kick. No, but if that, if that goes in, it's, it's goal of the tournament, game on, and like, whew. So anything to say about your boy, Hugo Lloris? Because you, you said he was a liability, and he's been one of the I stand by what I said. Okay. I stand by what I said. You, you look, you're not the starting goalie for France. We just talked about how deep their pool is. Because you're Sorry, a, what? you're not the starting goalie for France. We talked about how deep their pool is. Because you're trash. Like I'm not saying oh, Hugo okay. Lloris is trash. Okay. You, oh, I thought right? you were saying he's not the starting goalie. Right. No. Right. No. You don't get to that spot because right. you're a bad goalie. You don't. Right. You don't. Right. Have a decade in the Premier League because you're a bad goalie. Of if that's course. what people took away, um, I miscommunicated that. What I what I do believe about Lloris is that he does have a big mistake in him, and when you haven't seen that big mistake yet, it feels like. It could come at any moment. And in 2018, it did come in the final. It doesn't end up hurting them because they scored five in that game. Right. But do you disagree with that assessment of him as a goalie? Uh, yes. Really? Yeah, because okay. goalies like forwards are, are hot hands. A and there's different snapshots and moments where in tournament settings, whatever you did before or right. after doesn't matter. It's yep. that snapshot. That one image of that one moment, which yeah. is the tournament, and thus far, Manny was uh, it was number eight, right? They hit the shot that dips, and he yes. gets yes, there exactly, and that was yeah. trouble. Yeah, because it was so. not just hit well; it was dipping. Say, save this clip, producer Beto, because uh, come after the final, it, it could be used uh, in favor or in tu contra. Yes, yeah, as always uh, here on Football Americas, production is just waiting uh, to take one of us out. Um, all right, let's get to Mbappe. What do you think of his performance? Um. Rated on a scale of 1 to 10, like if we were doing player ratings in the newspaper, what would you say? I have to give him an 8. An 8? Yeah, let me tell you why. Okay, interesting. Where do both goals come from? His involvement. Certainly the second one is, is his play. Well, I mean, the it's the first one is his play. The first one is the exact yes. same copy yeah. as the second one, but it's him trying to make something almost out of nothing. It's him. Yeah, dude, you're going one on three in the box. Like, there's no, I'm what, talking five? about the first goal. Oh, okay, okay. The first yeah. goal. 
I mean, he has two bites of the apple. And, and it deflects to Theo Hernandez. It's right. just... That's what good players do. They're in dangerous positions they create. That's why, like, when you score, when you, when you hit a cross and it goes in and somebody asks, did you mean to score? Right. I meant to be dangerous. Yeah. That's who he is. He means to be dangerous every single time he's in or around the box, and every single time he's on the ball. And you said it yourself. When he gets the ball, it doesn't matter if he's 60 yards away from goal. He's pushing it by as many people yes. as he possibly can. Yeah. He's that type of game changer. He's that type of, a, of player. And you always, no matter if he's had his worst game, uh -huh. his best game, you always have to know where he is on the field. That's that it. is so dangerous to play against. So difficult to play against. So when we had Julian Laurent on the other day, and we were talking about Mbappe's performance against England, he pointed out, like, yeah, there's no goal per se, right. but there is an impact on the game because of the amount of people he draws. To go back to your point on the first goal, there's like eight Moroccan players like trying to deal with him. And the finish from Teo Hernandez, it's a tight angle, but he's wide, right. wide open. And probably that doesn't happen if they're not so focused on Mbappe. And then, the, like, you know, we saw, I think, with Messi the other night, there are some players who are so great that they beat you not just on their greatness, but on their willingness to try stuff, right? Messi in a place where, you know, Probably Vardiol doesn't expect him to try to right. do that, does it? And maybe that's why he beats what for many was one of the best defenders of the tournament. I don't think too many people, even given as good as Mbappe is, thought what he's going to do here, because it's set up nicely on his right foot, is pull it back, then wiggle in between. Because there was nowhere to go. Like, I don't think, maybe you would say, I don't think most players even see that, no. even at the high level. Uh -huh. Like, And well, if they do see it, they don't have the courage to try the, it. The he player. did it player who was defending him didn't see it. Right, Imagine totally. That. Yeah, he was gone. It was a flyby, right? And then the assist, it's not an assist, right? It's kind of a, a but it's totally because he's willing to try it. And as you say, be dangerous. You know, um, it's a tap in for Colomani at the, at the far post, an easy finish, but 43 that's, seconds into that's the game. For what him. would we say? Like, medio gol de Mbappe, no? Medio gol. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, yeah. so if you're asking me what I'd give him 1 of 10, it, it, it's an 8. Um, five goals killing Mbappe. Is it... Five goals Messi. Yes. Oh my or it's Julian. Just, it's, and, it's, and, it's setting up perfectly. And I know we're all talking about Messi's last dance. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to and, that. And, and, and I, know we're, I know we're talking, but just, just imagine this. It's Messi's last dance. Everybody's expecting World Cup, and that would catapult him as the greatest of all time. In the midst of this, it's killing Mbappe right now at this age, looking for his second. Uh-huh. I mean... We're Pelé level, right? I mean, Because you're talking about what could possibly be the GOAT, the all-time greatest, and we're seeing him on his way out. We could be seeing the all-time greatest right now. Yes, yeah. The beginning of the next the, conversation. The beginning of the next conversation, and he's already going to have two. Yeah. Let that blow your mind. Um, real quick, just to finish up on Mbappe, we didn't really get the Mbappe-Hakimi uh, matchup that we no. had kind of hoped for. It didn't really kind of come to fruition because of the setup. We did get, for me, the, the tackle of the tournament. It's oh, something that man. felt like it was straight out of, like, 1980. Uh, Amrabat just... I mean, it's not just the tackle. For me... In this day and age, I was almost expecting like a card or a foul just right. because of the, the velocity, the ferocity with which well, he goes in. It's to recover on Mbappe, and that is not Mbappe at like third gear or fourth gear. No. That's Mbappe at fifth gear, and he caught him. Fifth gear catches him. The violence in which he comes into that tackle, how clean it was, uh -huh. and his position. You don't see many defensive midfielders with that speed mm -hmm. and that willingness 
I mean, you're going to see a lot of defensive, uh, defensive midfielders with that willingness to tackle. But in the box like that, yeah. I believe he was on the edge of the box. Oh, yeah. This was a this was a 1990s Serie A type of tackle, yes. yeah. which which makes a lot of sense in being a Fiorentina player. Not for uh, long, maybe, huh? Uh, that's not, not going to happen. He's gone. He yeah, gone. With a he performance gone. like that. All right, we got uh, Shaka Hislop standing by. But before we go to Shaka, let's get your thoughts. This is this a dream final, Herc? Ooh, no. No? No. Well, you just, you just told me all this narrative nothing. I know. I know. Could what, you... What Could you would imagine it? a situation where it's Argentina, Messi's last dance, uh -huh. Cristiano Ronaldo, CR7's last dance, and they're facing, up, facing off in a final, and there's a debate between the two already, and it's right. one of these two is going to win. Who wins that World Cup? Because many people hate on Cristiano a right. lot. Yeah. He's a polemic figure. I, I understand there, why, why some people would... <laughs> Discourage the Cristiano Certainly narrative. Certainly after this World Cup, right? Not just after this. I know, but I feel like it's said an all-time. He's a polemic figure, figure, anyways. But you look at the resume. There's a Euros Championship there. Yep. Say what you will about the Nations Cup. They got that as well. Mm. He's got Champions League finals. Totally. One of the most famous players in Real Madrid's history. One of the biggest teams on earth. One of the most historic teams. To win that World Cup final would have put him in a different light. I don't care who you are, that you would have to recognize. Also, we've been denied Messi-Ronaldo in, like, the biggest stages. Like, we've yeah. never had a Champions League final Messi-Ronaldo. We probably had a, some Copa del Rey, of course, but not, not a Champions League final, not, not a World Cup knockout round match. And, like, that would have been something special. Uh, that could have been the decider between the two. Sure, sure. It could have uh, kind of finally put a bow on, uh, on who the greatest of at least this generation uh, was. Quickly... Who's your favorite? Oh, my my head says France. My heart says Argentina. Uh, so you're sitting on the fence per usual? No, I just told you France. Okay, you're saying France is yeah. the favorite? For, for me, it is. I think so. Give them their due, defending champs. But not a significant favorite. No, we're talking about 49.5. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fifty point five. Good. Hey, good math there. Look at you. Did I get it right? You are no Don Hutchison. I'll tell you that Ooh. much. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Shaka, man, how you doing? Thanks for joining us here on Football Americas. I don't know if you know this, Herc. Shaka is my roommate. I do know that because uh, <laughs> your first roommate, Natum, complained about you. Yeah, he left early as a result he, he, well, of being yeah, exactly. roommate. Shaka's not too far behind. Um, hey, Shaka, take us inside yeah, the stadium there uh, at Al Bayt because I know you've been to a few... 
<laughs> uh, I know you've been to a few Morocco games. How did this one compare? Um, it, it was up there. It's just certainly before the game, the early French goal took a little bit uh, of, the, of the wind out of, out of the Moroccans fans' sails anyway. In, in the build-up to the game, it, it was as, as exciting, as loud as you'd expect. They booed every single one of the French players when, when their name were announced for, 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 the starting, for the starting 11 and cheered every single Moroccan player as the Morocco just scored a goal. It was absolutely hilarious. And then the game started and the early goal, I think, took a little bit of the wind out of the sails, but not as much as you would think. And then in the 35th mm -hmm. minute... Um, I think it was Giroud had a chance, and right then, the whole atmosphere, and I was sat amongst Morocco fans, the whole atmosphere changed because I think there was a, a recognizing that France were, were, were far superior. And then all of a sudden, five minutes following that, I thought Morocco had their best spell of the game, and, and, the, fr and the fans were, were on their feet yet again. But then as the second half kind of dragged on, even though Morocco were having a lot of the ball, more than I said, I had become used to seeing them. They weren't testing Lloris in the second half in the way that they did in, in the first, and it, it, it slowly withered, then the goal. And then on the 90 minute mark, or, or, or just about, I, I thought it was really touching from the Moroccan fans. They all stood up and just started to cheer their team. You're two down, you're in and into injury time. And it was a recognition um, of how well Morocco did this tournament. There was no animosity about it. Mm. It was as though the fans were saying, thank you very much for everything you've given to us. Thank you for this journey. Um, we, we, appreci we appreciate it all. So as heartbreaking an end as it was for the Moroccan players, I think the fans fully appreciated um, all that went into to, to, to this run for them. Hey, Shaq, let me ask you a question. It was actually 62% possession for Morocco, uh, something that nobody expected. Did it surprise you two things? One, when France conceded the goal, how they came into a defensive shell, and two, how Morocco possessed the ball against them, like the way they actually tried to hurt him. Did that surprise you at all? Yes, it, it, it did. And I, I was at Adraza, I was at both Spain and Morocco, uh, Spain and Portugal against Morocco. Spain, obviously, are a different animal and they always possess the ball more, more than you'd expect. And then against Portugal, and, and Herc, you and I discussed this, I, I thought Morocco defended really well. Every time they got the ball, they treated it like a counter-attack and really had um, Portugal in some disarray defensively because they weren't probing, looking for those spaces. They were just running at Portugal and, and forcing them into decisions and, and, and mistakes. Um, and, and this was different. Obviously, the early goal changed things uh, because France are, are as happy as, 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 as anyone in, in this game to play counter-attacking football. And I heard you all speaking about Kylian Mbappe and the role that he plays and the, the threat that he possesses with, with, with his pace. So you understand that. Once the goal went in, then Morocco have to come looking for an equaliser because France are happy just, to, happy just to sit in. And I think that changed how the game progressed. I thought France defended very well. Morocco enjoyed some good possession, brought a really good save out of Hugo Lloris just before, just before the break. But then didn't really test him too much. And I think that's testament to France's shape defensively. But in particular, and I'm not sure how many will give um, Ousmane Dembele 
and Antoine Griezmann the credit for their mm. for the shifts that they put in defensively. I thought we're going to sing the praises of Kylian Mbappe and absolutely rightly so. But I thought those two, and I'm not by any measure a Dembele fan, but I thought the shift that he put in was absolutely outstanding. Him and Griezmann and how they tucked in to make a midfield four for France whenever they weren't in possession really was one of those things that you appreciate as a player but will never make a headline. Interesting, her because we have focused a lot on Griezmann, but not on Dembele. What did you uh, think of him here tonight? Much like the France game, I thought he was part of the reason why they had success. Right. Uh, everybody's focusing in on killing Mbappe and Dembele. The thing is, we've not seen his trademark runs. We've not seen the trademark assists. We've not seen the trademark danger that he's got us accustomed final to in Barcelona. Balls, final product's kind of always been a knock. Has it? I mean, he yes. led, I mean, it was him and Benzema an assist in La Liga last season. So what I'm trying to tell you is there's a reason he's on the field is to be dangerous. And we've not seen that final product from him maybe here at the World Cup, but it doesn't mean he hasn't been dangerous. Uh, Shaka, we were having this conversation about, like, winning DNA. Um, are you more impressed with France beating England the way that they did? Maybe I think a lot of people would say they weren't the best team on the field that no. day. And then today... They're probably the better team, but maybe not by much, and even though they're a heavy favorite against Morocco. Are you more impressed by that? Or if you were looking at it from a France perspective, would you be more worried about how they got through in the quarters and semis? Um, maybe in the quarters, and, and you, have, you have to look at the hurricane penalty miss, and, and if that goes in, how that maybe changes the complexion of the remaining what was it, 15, 20 minutes of the game and how, how that shifts momentum in, in England's favour. The miss does the exact opposite. In, in this one, not so much, I'll be honest with you. As I say, probably for that 10-minute spell, 35 to 45, where I thought Morocco had the best of the possession. That's when they created their best chances. They brought that save out of, out of Hugo Doris that he touched onto the post. You know me, I'm... I, I, Fully paid a member of the goalkeepers' union. I, I, I thought that was absolutely outstanding from a, a goalkeeper who still has a little bit of a rick in him. But I, I, I think you've seen the best of Hugo Lloris for, for France. It didn't really feel like they ever lost control. I, I, I'll be honest with you. It, it never really felt like Morocco were about to maybe take a stranglehold of this game. As I say, apart from that 10-minute spell just before, just before the break, and then probably around the 60-minute mark, I thought Morocco had a really good spell. And France just sat in and defended and, and weathered that storm. And we all, Perk would know this, we, as players, we always know that the opponent, regardless of who you're playing, regardless of how good or how bad they are, regardless of whether you're home or away or in a neutral venue such as this, the opponent is always going to have a spell. And you have to be prepared just to manage that spell. And that was Morocco's in the second half. And I thought France managed it very, very well. So on today's performance, if you ask me to, to, to say which I'm was a little bit more concerning from a France perspective. It's easily England against mm. Morocco. I, I never really felt like they were that worried. Hmm. You agree? You agree with that, Herc? Uh, I don't know. And, it, and it's strange to, to kind of hear Shaka say that because he was in the stadium. So I'm kind of right. wondering what those vibes were in yeah. the stadium. Is you know because. You could feel the tension in the stadium. You yeah. could feel the momentum swings in a stadium. I actually thought 
Morocco showed me a lot and were very dangerous. Um, more passing, more kind of actual chances, if you will, than France, but uh, very much so. Um, still a very tight game. Hey, Shaq, let me ask you a question. Uh, Seb's surprised that I gave Kylian Mbappe an 8 out of 10. What would you have given him? Um, I, I think 8 is about right. And, and, and listen, in a game that um, France had to defend a lot in and defend very well, de defend very well in, in, in doing so, Kylian Mbappe doesn't contribute an awful lot to that, in all honesty. He is one direction, and as lethal as he is, um, that, that's his strength. And if he isn't running at you, um, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't give an awful lot. So I understand, I understand that point. Um, but to, to I, I guess Seb, Seb's counterpoint to that is you need Kylian Mbappe. When you're under pressure, you need that outlet. And Kylian Mbappe was always that for France between him and Giroud. And Giroud, 10 or 15 minutes into the game, I noticed this him holding the back of his hamstring, just kind of stretching things out. So, and, and then, of course, he was substituted early on. So I, I kind of want to maybe think that there's a little bit of tightness there. That's just kind of me just observing from a long way out. Um, so Kylian Mbappe was always that ball, that when you're under pressure, when you're deep into your own half, you need to be able to just sling a ball somewhere and know that somebody's going to chase it. And Kylian Mbappe was always that option uh, to the left-hand side. Uh, if I could just go back a little bit in, in talking about um, the atmosphere with, with, within the stadium and, and how, how that felt, I, I have to say I was sat amongst Morocco fans not very hard, I'll be honest with you. It's mm. probably 5% French fans, if that. <laughs> so I was sat right in the middle of, of a lot of, of, of Moroccan fans. And my own feeling around the game kind of mirrored their own anxiety. And, and, and so I, I understand if it looked differently from somebody, from, from you guys looking on, but from sitting in, in, the, in the middle of, of Moroccan fans, you could feel some unease. You could feel the game slipping away, um, and and that's kind of that's Oof. the vibe I picked up on. I love the idea of shock in the middle of the Moroccan fans for this next question. <laughs> what was the reaction to the Amrabat tackle on Mbappe? Because that wow. for us was. Whew. It, it, it got everybody out of their seats. It really did. And, and, and again, sometimes you're just looking for something to give you a spark, something to change the game back into, back into your favor. And that challenge was all of that. And, and it got everybody out of their seats. It, it didn't, obviously, it, it didn't translate to a whole lot more going forward for the rest of the game, but it got people out of their seats. And... Again, I, I'll, I'll keep saying this, and I, I, as much as I thoroughly enjoyed being in the Moroccan fans, as, as a neutral fan, I have to appreciate everything that they as fans brought, brought to this game. The way they appreciated little moments, mm -hmm. the way they supported their team, even when their backs were up against the wall. And then, I, I mentioned it before, but we go into injury time, the way that the fans just stand up and clap their team just spoke so much about, about this run, and in particular for me, what being a fan is all about. Yeah, I said it on SportsCenter, like, I wonder if there's anybody left in Marrakesh, Casablanca, like, it felt like everybody came here, and there was already a big Moroccan 
group here, but in the last 24, 48 hours, it really has been, no, it's been overwhelming. Yeah? Insane fan support mm. um, that I did not see coming. I don't yeah. know if anybody else saw it coming, but it, obviously one of the best, if not the best here in this World Cup. Uh, Shaq, all right, it's time. Who's your favorite, my man? It's uh, France, Kylian Mbappe, and this French team defending champs versus Lionel Messi, his last dance in Argentina. Who you got? I, I, I think it's got to be Argentina. Um, I, and, and listen, I, as much as I picked Argentina from the start, and you know I had a little bit of a weak moment and changed, um, if you look, and, and as much as we discuss, as much as we discuss France, Morocco, and France, England, I, I thought Argentina's best performance was in the semi-final against Croatia. So if there are, if there is some uncertainty around France, if we're just judging it on semi-final performances, Argentina has continually got better through through the group stages. And right now, I'm 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 leaning Argentina. I will leave the math to Hook because clearly that's his forty. So Hook will have to tell me what, what that translates to in percentages. But just Argentina. Shaka, you've been around this game a long time. Which, like, narrative would you like to see completed more? Messi finally get that World Cup? Or not just France go back-to-back, -back, but Mbappe, uh, at the age of 24, get his second World Cup? Um, in all honesty, Messi lift lifting the World Cup. I, as we sit right now, yeah. and you look at this French squad, and you look at how they continue to develop and bring through players, France are going to be among the favourites in, in four years' time. France will be among the favourites in 2030, I, I feel confident in, in seeing. And, and at that point, Kylian Mbappe is, is 32 years old. He's got every single chance of, of being involved and being with the favourites, uh, or at least amongst the favourites in, in those next two World Cups. But right now, we have to accept that this is Lionel Messi's last dance. I think the very big moments in this World Cup, and we were discussing this on, on FC last night, between that pass against for, for the first goal against, against the Netherlands and that, and that twist around Gradiol for, for the third goal, those were the two biggest moments of this tournament so far. And it, it feels as though it's warranted. It feels as though it's time. And while Kylian Mbappe lifting his second and we'll have those discussions about whether he can win three World Cups as we've been discussing with, or we, we know of, of, of Pele, um, I'm, I'm certain that between Kylian Mbappe and France, they're going to have a lot to say come 2026 and 2030. All right, so Shaka mentioned he was a card-carrying member. Yeah. Of the goalkeepers' union. So before we let him go here on Football Americas, let's get a, a good goalie question out of him. I was discussing this earlier. Who do you think Shaka is going to win Golden Glove at this tournament? I think it's down to three guys, right? Livakovic of Croatia, yeah. Bono yeah. of Morocco, and Dibu Martinez, Argentina. Who would your oh, vote go to? You're taking Yoris out of there. Oh, throw throw Yoris in you there. I'm just saying you don't like him. You're a hater against Yoris, but oh, Shaka, what do you think? Right. I, if France wins the World Cup, I don't think Yoris wins it. If Argentina wins it, Martinez, I, I think wins wins the Golden Glove. If France wins the wins the World Cup, 
I think Livakovic wins the Golden Glove. I think he has been the standout goalkeeper mm. uh, for Croatia this tournament. In, in, in every single aspect, during the course of the 90 or 120 minutes, during penalty shootouts, where Bono has been outstanding, but I think Morocco have been one of the best defensive units uh, in, in, in this tournament. And you could probably say the exact same for, for, for Martinez. So, it, But I, you often give these awards to the players in teams that win it. If Argentina wins it, I think mm -hmm. Martinez gets that award. If not, it's got to go to, to Livakovic. Wow, I want to be a GM on Shaq's team. Why? Because like, it's the defenders, it's not the goalkeeper. <laughs> right, there Yeah, negotiate that contract with Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> there he is, Shaka Hislop, a great friend of the program here on Football Americas. And honestly, top roommate since Nada Manua. Since? Since Nada Manua. Choose yeah. one. Well, uh, <laughs> Uh, don't put me on the spot. Uh, like that. I'll say Shaka. I want to put a transfer request. I'm, uh, putting in, I'm putting in a roommate transfer request right now. <laughs> you can do that. <laughs> wow. That is actually a perfect segue because our next segment is about transfer. Uh, Shaka yeah, Hislop, yeah. thank you very much. Uh, I'll see you back at the apartment in a few hours. And we'll actually see you later tonight on ESPN uh, FC, which, of course, you can catch right here on ESPN+. Plus. What an absolute legend. So uh, here's some of the... Stats to look ahead to for the Argentina-France final. Whoever wins it will have their uh, third World Cup title. We've got the two golden boot leaders right now, Messi and Mbappe, both with uh, five goals. Worth mentioning Julian Alvarez uh, in the discussion uh, as well with his four goals so far in the tournament. And there you see it. Odds to lift the trophy? Argentina's the favorite. Interesting. World Cup chances for 538. Argentina's the favorite, huh? And no, no bias there. Well, just interesting. Interesting. I, I would have uh, thought it would be different. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Potential transfer news. We'll start with a report that Juventus have set a transfer price on Weston McKinney. The number 30 million euros. This amid interest from at least three Premier League teams. Football Italia reporting that Spurs, Chelsea, and Manchester United are interested. CalcioMercato.com adding Borussia Dortmund to the mix. Uh, Herc. Yes, sir. Of Sorry, those teams, uh, who do you think would be the best fit for Weston McKinney at this point in his career? All right. Let me go by process of elimination here. Ooh, okay. Okay. I don't know if I want any U.S. men's national team player at Chelsea at the moment. Okay. 
That's just a reality. Right. Not a, not a great track record. You could say that's on Polisic, but Polisic's not the only one. You see ZH with his own problems. You see other players have had their own problems. In yeah. The past. Generally, the the point about Chelsea is they go through managers a ton, and that's not a good place for any. You want stability. Yes. Right. Um, let's talk about Dortmund. Okay. So hold on. Chelsea gone. Ch Chelsea, they gone. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about Dortmund. A very good team. Mm -hmm. There's a few reasons I don't think he's set for okay. Dortmund. Dorf, Dortmund, in my eyes, aren't really that team you go to as a destiny team. Or a, a destination team, I should say. Okay. Okay. They're the team that gets you to your destination. Right. They're the team that's going to sell you to your destination. Where did Weston McKinney play in the Bundesliga? Schalke. Schalke. Uh, back in the pandemic, early on in the pandemic, I interviewed Weston. We had a long sit mm -hmm. down uh, and we were talking zoom and whatnot and he told me a story uh, too actually um, about how just bitter this rivalry is between Schalke and, and Dortmund one of them was how the reaction of when him and Christian Pulisic spent the holidays together spent Thanksgiving together and that reaction because Christian Pulisic was of Dortmund mm -hmm. and he is Schalke the reaction of people the other one was him playing a board game and I believe there was some sort of footage of him playing this board game that got onto social media. And one of the pieces was yellow. The simple fact that he used a yellow piece. Shaka fans were bitter. No, not just bitter. Next level, he said. Really? Yes. So there are moments in times, we've seen it all the time, that players play on rival teams. I don't think Weston thinks, would think it's that much worth it. Right. To be in that situation if it's not the destination. Sure, and I, I get your point there, right? Juventus to Dortmund, if anything, feels lateral, but I think you would almost Now, Juve's going to have their own set of... Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. I, yes. Juve has their own set of yeah. issues, so they're going to be very keen right. to, to sell, right? Spurs. And maybe not a place you want to stick around. Spurs. So. Why Spurs? Who's the coach? Conte. We've heard time and time again. Conte wants him, right? Mm -hmm. Fabio Paratici is the footballing director. Yep. At Spurs. Do you know where he was before? Uh, Juventus. Juventus. He was actually instrumental in bringing Weston McKinney over to Juventus. He loves Weston McKinney. Right. I think this deal is bound to happen. Really? We've been hearing about it time after time. It's not like it's just this transfer. Yes. It's been going on for a while. And we've heard about Conte's love affair with Weston McKinney. He's, he's pegged him as the next Vidal. Mm. I do think... It just makes sense. The Premier League, the fit of the Premier League, a big club like Spurs, a coach who likes him and values him, a sporting director or, a, uh, I should say, a, a footballing director who values him as well. This is a good fit. Yeah. At least on paper, it's a good fit. By process of elimination, for the reasons I just stated, I, I don't feel the others are. Man United out as well. Well, where's he going to play? Where's he going to play? Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Um, you like the Premier League for him? Because he's always I said, I want the Premier League. I do. Yeah. The, the, He's just one of those players I think is thriving in the Premier League setup. I mean, physically, he's as gifted as they come. Good motor, good instinct. He's a goal-scoring midfielder. Type of goals that Premier League league teams love from that position. Arrives late, good in set pieces, contagious, good locker room guy. I think he has all the, all the traits. Uh, real quick, before we move on to Christian Pulisic, 30 million euros, too low for you? I thought it was a low number. I know where you're going with this. No, I've already... <laughs> I'm... I'm, I'm Fixing to lose some money on some bets about transfer fees. <laughs> yeah, I had I had uh, Anthony Robinson. I made a, a bet with producer Beto that he would go for twenty five hey, million. Um, I meant Qatari Real. <laughs> 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 All 
All right, um, let's talk Christian Pulisic then, yeah. uh, shall we? Because he is also getting a lot of tension uh, ahead of the January transfer window uh, opening up, which of course uh, will be greatly impacted uh, by what's happened here in Qatar. Uh, Tom Gott and Graham Bailey of 90minute.com reporting that Newcastle and Liverpool are interested in Pulisic on a loan deal this January. There's also reportedly interest from, this is a laundry list, AC Milan, Inter Milan, potential return to Dortmund, and Atletico Madrid. Herc, of those options, which one do you like most for Christian Pulisic? I mean, ideally, you want to land at the biggest place possible, right? But you want to play at the biggest place, place possible. Do mm -hmm. you think he's going to play at Liverpool? You yes, I do in terms of a loan. You think he'll play? Yeah, so Diogo Jota's hurt. Okay. Luis Diaz is, I think, out for at least three months, okay. a, a serious long-term injury. I think he could have a lot of minutes in a loan, which, if nothing else... Why would you loan him to, to a rival? Okay, well, I know what you're saying. And actually, the report suggests that Chelsea might be hesitant to do that. But remember what we heard from Mark Ogden, who said at the end of the day, it's a business. And if Chelsea feels like Liverpool will cover his salary, which they'll be definitely interested in, in getting off the books, then it might be the option. Because these other four teams, AC Milan, Inter Milan, Dortmund, uh, Atletico, according so to Luis, the report, so aren't willing to Luis pick up the Diaz, full salary. Luis Diaz, and who else did you say was Diogo injured? Jota. Diogo that's right. How long until they're back? Uh, How long is this loan going to be? I, I don't have the exact well, what numbers, I'm trying but to long tell you, term, there, I mean, there, there, there's, there's a, a need now. But there's a situation when they come back where you left, and what I don't want a situation like Jerdan Shashiri, okay, Shakiri, okay. Uh, where he goes to Liverpool, wasn't really successful. Right? And he's a very talented player. Yeah. A very talented player. There are plenty of players that go to bigger setups because Liverpool at this and very moment. See him reunited with Klopp. Liverpool in this very moment is a bigger setup than Chelsea. Oh, yeah. He's struggling right now to get minutes at Chelsea, and he's been struggling for quite some time. So the, to automatically assume that he will be flying, come in there and swiftly make his mark and keep his mark based off of a World Cup, uh, I think it's a little. It's a little hopeful. Um, Newcastle on the other I hand. Wouldn't, by the way, I wouldn't feel that way if those guys were healthy. But I think, I think that, that creates a real need for Liverpool. I okay. don't think you can ignore that. Sure. But if those guys are hurt. And I would just love to see him there. I think it's a if amazing those guys fit, are hurt, style wise. If those guys are hurt and Liverpool needs players, there are other players in the market that can probably get that would be bigger players, one, or maybe long-term projects that they don't have to take a salary like Christian Pulisic. Okay. Two. Uh, Newcastle. Newcastle is actually a very interesting. And not the first time we've seen that. Not link. the first time. This is a, a team under new ownership. Say what you will about the ownership. Mm -hmm. But it's very PSG-like in yep. the aspirations. Um, at this very moment, I believe the third in the Premier League, one of the high-scoring teams in the league, where you think he could not only come in, but be a a player for, like right. an actual prime player for. I mean, it's like St. Maximum, Miguel Almiron, Joe Wilcox. You ain't taking Almiron's spot. Not right now. It's fine. But you can slot in there with enough games that they have where you could be in that rotation, earn your way, keep your way. That's a realistic possibility for me okay. if you're talking loan. Because real, the reality is you don't want Christian Pulisic on a loan. You want to see him go somewhere, right? I'm investing but in But all you. of these are loan options. Right. That might be the only choice but for him But that's what I'm now. saying. But if it's a loan option, you want to go somewhere where you think you could play. I'm seeing you, you're thinking you could be like a long-term, like they might really take the buy you're option. You don't plans. think at Liverpool there's any hope of a buy option. I mean, there's always hope, but do I think it's realistic right now based off of a World Cup? Because he hasn't played much in the Premier League. Yeah. No. So you really like Newcastle. You don't, what about the other options? Any of those for you? 
Because now we're talking continental. We're talking Serie A. We're talking La Liga. Maybe a return to Bundesliga. Premier League's where you want him? I want him in La Liga. I want him in La Liga. Do you I want him in Atleti? No, okay. not necessarily. <laughs> but I want him in La Liga. I do. I think that's his setup. I think that's his football. I think that's where he could thrive. Mm-hmm. Is there a situation, a team that's big enough to deal with the money um, and provide the style that I think he could thrive in? Wow. don't know. I, I, I mean, if you're going money, there's only really three teams, right? Yep. Uh, the next level of that would probably be a Sevilla. Mm-hmm. Would that be a big enough spot for him? Honestly, I mean, if it brings him minutes, you know, yeah. I, I think it, it wouldn't be that bad. All right, uh, we've talked Weston McKinney. We've talked Christian Pulisic. We haven't hit on Brandon Vasquez yet. There's been some big news uh, around Brandon Vasquez, who, of course, is coming off a, a great season with FC Cincinnati, as reported by uh, Tom Bogart, of course, of MLSsoccer.com. It was Mr. MLS uh, breaking news. FC Cincinnati, Herc, have rejected a $7 million offer for the player uh, from Chivas in Liga Mekis. Vasquez, of course, Mexican-American. He had 18 goals, 8 assists in 33 appearances uh, in 2022. Are you cool with it, uh, FC Cincinnati? Not willing to sell at $7 million. Yeah, A player that, to be fair, they didn't invest all that much in. Fine with it. Yeah? Yeah. Do you like it? Because yes. it kind of says to me, uh, hey, we got some ambition here. Exactly. That's okay. exactly why I like it. Because even that's everything we've been hearing is because they see him as a valued piece of that mm-hmm. puzzle to win a championship. So that tells you they want to win a championship. You want to, so what's a championship worth to you? Seven million? No, not enough. Right. Right. What, what do you think would what it would take? And do you think Chivas has that money? I heard it wouldn't even take. I heard five million wouldn't even get Chris Albright out of bed. Okay. Okay. So what would get him out of bed and get him to the phone and get him to sell Brandon Vasquez? Because at some good point, question. at some point, um, you know, there's good business to be had, right? If 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 Chivas going to offer you 15 million, is that enough? 10 million? Sure. Good business. I will ask you again. What's a championship worth? Okay. So, because this point- is a team that was wooden spoon for how many years in a row? Three. Three. Is that right. Yeah. Three. And finally like got a, test, a taste of what it was to <laughs> yeah. be successful. Until I picked them to win the wooden new GM, spoon, then new they didn't. coach, completely revitalized totally. the city. And fun to watch. That front fun three is. <sighs> I mean, he's a big Lucho, part of it. Brandon, uh, yeah. ben, Bender. Is it Benner? Benner. Yeah. Brenner. Brenner. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Brenner. They're very fun to watch. Brenner and, and, and uh, Brandon were actually the first duo to get over 18 goals. The question uh, here is he, what so. would it cost you to replace him? Do you don't think you could replace him for seven million? With whom? That will guarantee you. Because yeah, it's not just goals; it's a double-digit assist as well. Like, listen, theoretically, he would have to continue the same pace, right? We're Do you have any doubts about that? You always have doubts with with players who have a good season for the first time. Okay. How will they respond for the second time? It's not that easy. It's not that easy. He's a very good player with tons of intangibles. Physically, he's a freak. Honestly, very soft feet. Um, He's not a traditional nine. People get confused by that. Because he's, he's a some, big body, he's right? He's got some movement to him. He's very deceiving. This would be, honestly, an upgrade for Chivas. If you look who they have at that, their oh, disposal. Yeah. They're talking about uh, Madrigal, is it? They're talking about Madrigal. They're talking about uh, Ormeños there, JJ Macias, Saldivar. Coming off an injury. Right. They're all pretty much... Pretty much Ronaldo Cisneros. Who's going and if back. you're playing $7 million, you're, you're, you're bringing like, them in to start. Maybe different players and profiles, but at the same level. Right. 
So you're looking for that next level. Now, Brandon Vasquez has shown you to be that next level for a season in Major League Soccer. Can he continue that elsewhere or again in Cincinnati? Remains to be seen. But I love this from Cincinnati because you've already mentioned it. It's showing ambition. What's a championship worth to you? Since for Cincinnati, it's not worth $7 million. It's worth more. What about from a national team perspective? Because you went through this. At some point, you were linked with Chivas. You chose to represent the United States, and I think right. you've Different, said... Different, though, because now it's changed. So you see Santiago Ormeño, he's Peruvian. Right, but right. how do you think playing for Chivas might... Could it influence his decision to maybe... You know, once no, you go down to Liga Mekis... No disrespect to Cincinnati, but there's no comparison to playing for Cincinnati and playing for Chivas. Chivas would completely change your life in terms of recognition. Okay, do you think would that take, would make him more likely take, to choose Mexico over the United States? Maybe, because once you get a taste of that, like, it's... Because he was on our show and he left both doors open. Machine, Chivas is like unlike any other club, and this includes America mm -hmm. to the Mexican player of what it can do for your profile if you are successful. What would the reaction be from Chivas fans? We got one over here in production to a American international playing there because it's different. I think with Ormeño being Peruvian, right? The well, rivalry he's, he's between not a, he's not, so, Mexico. So you, you have to assume that Brandon makes the U.S. men's national team. Okay, let's assume that. Like, how how would that be perceived at Chivas? Because you got a lot of when the idea was floated for you, it was, it was pretty negative, right? Yes, but that, in that time... That was also the, you, everybody. Well, no, but then that time, the reality is that they didn't have the options or lack thereof like they do today. Right. That's a reality. Right. Now you think the Chivas were, fan base is were, a little bit more... They were scarce today, and, and like that go willing. around. You still had players like Oribe Peralta, Angel Reina, roaming around in there. Uh, Angel Reina com coming off a, a goal-scoring title as well, so... Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's run it back. We got some highlights here uh, from... The European theater. Serie B, actually. Tanner Tessman with a free kick golazo. Go ahead, chump chat. As uh, Venezia beats Cosenza. Two to nothing. My man can strike it. I Those, mean, I'll say. That is a sexy uniform. You love Venezia's uniforms, Dude, huh? If, if anybody of Venezia wants to go ahead and send me something, I am all ears. You no love free gear more than anything else. Yeah. Well Good struck. Goal. Is that how the goalie should handle that? Just not dive at all? Well, it's a bad, it's a bad wall, by uh, the way. Uh, fourth straight start, by the way, uh, for Tanner Tesman there in Italy. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, it is time to check the mentions here on Football Americas. Uh, when did you – I put the tweet out. Maybe an hour uh, before the show, right around halftime of the France-Morocco game. So uh, let's see what the good folks from Twitter have conjured up for this edition of the show. Our first tweet. Ah, Okay, our first tweet uh, has to do with Argentina and their success here at the tournament. Uh, is it down to strategy or player pool? Which one is more important for you, Herc? Because uh, you've been loving Lionel Scaloni. I have, but, but just recently. That's the truth. I was negative on him in the group phase, but I think he's adjusted accordingly. Obviously, it's a very talented player pool. You don't get to these instances without a player mm -hmm. pool. You need the pieces. But you have to acknowledge what Scaloni has done. You can go back to when he faced Van Gaal and mirrored that system and went 3-5-2 just like Netherlands did. 
Lisandro Martinez in the back uh, with Romero and Otamendi. And then he switches it for the next game, and they played their best game ever. And it became four at the back. Lisandro Martinez is out. And in that midfield, you had DePaul, you had Enzo Fernandez, you had... Uh, you had uh, blah, 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 blah. Paredes. Paredes, yes, and I'm missing one more. And it was McAllister. Yes, I remembered. And it was McAllister. Been a long tournament. It has. So you're sitting pretty much with four. It's like almost sitting with four defensive midfielders. Yeah. Obviously a lot more quality in the central midfield with the ball that would help out with what is Messi and Julian Alvarez. But you're playing four defensive midfielders and sitting almost. Mm -hmm. And they dominated the midfield of Croatia. Like he's just been so intelligent. So here I'm going to go with system of play, but what I'm really saying is Scaloni. Would they be here without Messi? No. All right. So then it's the player pool, right? Well, you know, it's not a player, not the player pool. Okay. He's part of the pool. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> when they can't defend themselves. Okay, uh, let's go to our second tweet here on uh, Falta de argumento el insulto. Uh, okay, Laib is that his name? Has to be. Uh, it's not a. It's not a he or a she. More like uh, Ladouie, as we've been uh, explained to here. Laib has to be a top three World Cup mascot of all time. Tell me I'm wrong. Hercules Gomez, what say you? Oh no. Oh yes. Oh no. Oh yes. No. Just bought this. Just bought this about a uh, half hour ago. Laib, why are you the way you are? Well, you know, look at this. Look at Laib. Look at that smiley face. Get the Emmy reel going. Yeah, put this one up for the uh, for the Emmy reel. Um, <laughs> it's an improvement actually over my actual face. It's you, it's got to be one of the worst mascots. No. Ever. Yeah. What is that? Like a, an albino stingray? Like, Don't be hating. No, oh, come on, come on. Who's your top uh, mascot? Like Who, who's your top Pique? Pique's up there. Striker's up Striker's there. Striker's a dog. Stri yeah, Striker's top, top. definitely got the dog in him. Um, <laughs> uh, also, the lion in, in South Africa. Oh. But Ledouive, no. No. Um, Look at you, man. With your with your no, anti. It, it is called. It, this You're, is very much Ledouive. Okay. Well, yes. That, but that's more about me than Laib, who's who's great. You're very much into name calling of late, man. Late in the tournament, old I'm Hercules sorry. gets pretty I gotta fired get, I gotta, up. It's been very toxic situation on, on my phone. I got to leave this phone ah, Steady, steady. All right, uh, last question here from Marvin, who's, by the way, just been uh, been great throughout the tournament, giving us lots to talk about. Guys, will you have Morena Beltran back on Football Americas? Keep the Argentinian good luck going. Vamos Celeste. Um, yeah, what did she say? We're the Kabbalah? We're the good luck charm? Good luck charm, the Kabbalah. I mean, it works like in the quarters. It worked in the semis. Can you so take that off? You can't take me seriously? You never take me seriously anyway. <laughs> um, what do you yeah. think? Yeah, Producer Beto, can we make that happen? We're always down for quality Producer analysis. Beto says Saturday. So okay. we'll break out the tactical board with uh, Mone and we'll have a, we'll have a whole breakdown. Uh, okay, so anyway, there we have it. A, uh, a uh, good time here on, uh, on Football Américas. We'll end the show uh, with an update on, um, for us, what has been very much the overwhelming story of the tournament um, and it's as you guys know off the field our friend and colleague Grant Wall today his wife Dr. Celine Gounder uh, revealing that his untimely passing was due to an undetected aortic aneurysm uh, Grant Wall again passing away after falling ill in the extra time session of the quarterfinal game between Argentina and Netherlands. A, uh, a sad end to what's been a uh, 
a fun show, but I think a good time here to send another note of condolences to all those mourning Grant, and we know there are many of you, um, but especially his family and his wife, Dr. Celine Gounder. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, been definitely an emotional ride. Mm -hmm. I'm glad we got a little clarity on that, and our most heartfelt condolences to the family and friends of Grant Wall. All right, that'll do it for this edition of Football Americas. We will not be back tomorrow. Uh, Herc has demanded that we have the day off, and his word goes. So uh, no show tomorrow. We will be back Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 4 p.m. Eastern time, live right here on ESPN Plus as we build up to that Argentina-France final. Herc doesn't think it is. I think it's the dream final. We'll see you back here on Friday.